Welcome to the Chapter Podcast. My name is Vinny Dangerfield, entrepreneur and transformational wellness coach. Each week, I will share with you lessons I've learned as a founding president to my fraternity and as an active alumnus, along with life experiences from myself and guests. My mission is to create unconditional support and unity across every organization with each member and professional. Together, we can transform the culture of Greek life and connect every generation of leaders. Now, let our next chapter begin. Welcome, everybody, to the newest episode of the Chapter Podcast. I am your host, Vinny Dangerfield, and I am so happy and excited to have on here my next guest, Allie Russ. She is a member of Alpha Sigma Alpha at Capital University down here in Columbus, Ohio. She is a marketing major, a junior, and she's also the president of her organization currently. She's been the founding member of Delta Sigma Pi, the professional business fraternity at Capital. She is the Kappa Sigma sweetheart and works three campus jobs. Absolutely amazing. She just finished up her internship with the American Heart Association, and she has incredible accolades uh, under her belt as well that she will graciously share with all of you. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Allie to the Chapter Podcast. How are you, Allie? I'm good. Thank you for asking. I'm really happy to be here and I'm excited to kind of go into detail about um, different things that are going on within Greek life today. And like you said, my name is Allie. I am the chapter president of Alpha Sigma Alpha down at Capital University. Um, We're a small school right by Ohio State. Um, That's usually people ask me where Capital is and that's that's (laughs) a typical answer. But like you said, I am the chapter president of Alpha Sigma Alpha here on campus. Um, I am so proud to lead this organization. And um, even during this time of uncertainty, we have really shown how strong our sisterhood can be. Um, And actually this past week, you mentioned accolades and Capital hosted their virtual leadership award ceremony. And our chapter was awarded the 2020 Organization of the Year Award. That's amazing. Yes, I was so, so excited and proud to just see our chapter recognized for the amazing work that we do. And we also received the Community Engagement Program of the Year Award, which is basically an award that um, kind of goes and recognizes a program or event on campus that brings the community together. So this year we did our polar plunge and we did like a penny wars with all the other um, Greek organizations. So we invited Greek organization presidents to participate with us. And we all actually jumped at the polar plunge this year, which was really, really amazing to kind of see all of that come together. Um, And then I was actually awarded the organization leader of the year award, which was super super amazing and just kind of humbling um and i'm so grateful to my organization and to uh the committee that decided who uh received that award so that's that's a little bit about us um and about myself that's amazing uh congratulations again i i know you were sharing this with me uh before we got to connect before the episode and everything and uh, i was just absolutely blown away by everything that you've accomplished already and everything that you've basically facilitated and led your organization into as well. And uh, I'm sure that you also are resting on the shoulders of giants per se, Uh, you know, 
it basically is a, a testament to everybody that has come before you as well, I'm sure, uh, who's been able to set you up to win uh, in such an effortless way. Of, of course, it, it, it sounds uh, like all of these things are coming easy to you, of course, uh, but you know, there's also probably some challenges. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to kind of dive into you know, uh, who you are, kind of what you're all about, uh, what basically inspires you, gets you motivated as a leader, and then you know, talk about some of those challenges because you know, anytime that uh, you take on more responsibility, the bigger resistance comes in our way. You know, and I'm, I'm sure uh, you can speak into that a ton, but you know, what, why don't, why don't you go ahead and share, you know, what, what got you into marketing? Uh, what attracted you to ASA, you know, even capital, uh, you know, give a little bit more details on, on those things. Yeah. So I, when I first was deciding on um, where I wanted to look in terms of colleges and really what I wanted to do, I first thought that I wanted to go into physical therapy and that's what I decided on my junior year of high school. And then I kind of realized that that might not be for me. Um, so in terms of figuring out what I wanted to do, both my, uh, my brother and my sister also went to Capitol. My brother was in Phi Kappa Psi here at Capitol. Um, and my mom loved Capitol. And she always kind of gently nudged me um, to go look at Capitol some more and really see what they were all about. And after I took a couple more visits, I really saw um, how much Capital cares about its students and how there is this thing called CapFam. And that's like really, it's real. And it just shows how people really care about other people here at Capital. And I think that that's really what drew me into the university. I love the small school vibe with the city so close by with all those opportunities. Um, especially being a business major, it's so important if there's internships close by and with a city as large as Columbus with so many different um, opportunities and retail and different other um, kind of outlets of business, it was so important for me to choose a school that had those opportunities. Um, and then in terms of what led me to want to go through sorority recruitment, um, when my brother was here, um, he had a bunch of friends in sororities and I guess I just kind of realized that I wanted to go through sorority recruitment when I came to school. And again, my mom kind of pushed me to do it. She was never in a sorority at school. Um, she actually went to Kent State, but she- No flashes. Not, yep, she, um, <laughs> she was not involved in a Greek organization there, but she kind of nudged me and said, you should really try this. Like, I think you would like it. And so every welcome weekend, which is the first weekend that new students are on campus, there's an event called Treats with the Greeks. And it's just kind of where everybody can get ice cream and just kind of mingle and meet all the Greek organizations. And that's really where I decided that I wanted to go through sorority recruitment. I wanted to meet a close group of girls who I knew that would be my friends for life because I had like a smaller group of girlfriends in high school, but I really wanted to kind of grow and expand in my leadership skills and in my communication skills and just really build like that wide uh, variety of friends and just a huge group of girls that I could be really close with. Yeah. And so when I went through sorority recruitment, I went to Alpha Sigma Alpha um, the first day, first set of, I guess, recruitment, uh, we call them parties. So it was first party, first day I was, um, meeting girls from Alpha Sigma Alpha. And after that day, I knew that I had found my home and I knew that that was where I was meant to be. Um, and it was really cool because I just felt so at home and, and 
I just felt like I belonged and it was really, really cool for me to, to feel that sense of belonging with people that I had barely even gotten to know. So that's really what drew me to ASA. Yeah. I love that. Uh, you know, tying into, you know, just recognizing that there, there are of course people who choose to go into Greek life and then of course others who don't. Um, and that's totally fine. I, I think what your mom was talking about is, is awesome that, you know, she was encouraging nonetheless, you know, um, recognizing that there are tons of opportunities in Greek life to really test yourself, you know, and uh, of course, create that, that sisterhood, brotherhood, that just general connection that you might not have had before, or you just want to double down on it uh, because you enjoyed it so much through other organizations in, in your life. Uh, when you were talking about though, you know, finding that, that piece of home and, and that, that sisterhood, uh, what do you, what do you kind of evaluate with that? Like, what's the filter? What's the criteria? Like, what do you consider home basically then? So I guess in, in a sense of what I consider home, I felt so welcomed because I was with people who had the same values as myself mm. and within recruitment, um, our recruitment is a values-based recruitment. So basically all the sororities and all the potential new members are trying to figure out which organization best aligns with their own values. And I feel like the activities that each sorority does during recruitment kind of put a test on helping you as a potential new member figure out where you wanna go and like what your values are and what you truly, um, what you truly believe in. And I think that that was, really important to me. And also um, when I was going through recruitment, I just kind of clicked with some individuals. Um, one individual being the past president of ASA, Kelly Haight, who is actually the one that connected me to you. Right. Um, and it was just great to, to connect with those individuals and really feel like I was meeting people who would be my friends for life. And, and Kelly is a has been a mentor to me ever since I joined. Um, I actually traveled to Phoenix, Arizona with her a couple of summers ago to head to Alpha Sigma Alpha's 50th national convention. And that was one of the opportunities that really pushed me out of my comfort zone and made me, and truly made me into the leader that I am today. Mm. Well, how do you, how do you define your comfort zone? My comfort, well, <laughs> I guess defining your comfort zone is all about defining what makes you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I realized is that when I went to national convention, um, it's basically just a five day leadership conference. And it was in this huge convention center and there's so many different people from the organization there. And I guess what really pushed me to go out of my comfort zone was seeing Kelly interact and meet so many new sisters. And I was just scared. I was so scared to do that. And then I, guess it just clicked for me. And I was like, I don't need to be scared. All these people that I'm with have the same values as me. They want to see me grow and I'm here. And I was chosen to attend this leadership conference for a reason. And I need to kind of put my best foot forward and do everything that I can in order to see myself grow. So I guess when defining my comfort zone, I didn't want to be complacent. I wanted to be hungry and kind of learn more from every single session that I went to. I wanted to learn more from other leaders in the room because ultimately when I look at other leaders, I see aspects of them that I want to incorporate into my own self. So I guess 
it's always just being willing to grow. And I think understanding that it's okay to be vulnerable and like, it's okay to feel uncomfortable sometimes because in those times where you're uncomfortable, you can see the most amazing growth come forward. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Uh, vulnerability is, is a huge thing that I feel like we don't talk about often uh, in Greek life or, or just in society in general. Uh, you know, when we think of the actual word vulnerability, you know, it's, it's uh, recognizing that there is a, a pain point, you know, uh, something that, that could be used against us to be taken advantage of. Uh, and often I, I, connotation too. Right, right, totally. And I, I love that, that you, you simply just made a choice. Like you saw, you know, uh, something inspiring from Kelly uh, that uh, basically it attracted you. You were like, man, like she's interacting with people or, you know, whatever she was, she was doing in those moments. Uh, you, you just saw something in her that you were like, oh man, I could, I could do that. Right. You kind of almost saw it happening in, in the simultaneously and, and you just made that choice. And I, I think uh, hearing that, you know, kind of gets me thinking about how we often overcomplicate things <laughs> uh, when we're either trying to step outside of our comfort zone or, or try new things uh, or, you know, take on a, a leadership role. Uh, we tend to overcomplicate it, you know. So how, how do you how do you try to simplify all of this, though? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It's really scary sometimes, but <laughs> the thing is like the thing that I've learned the most is that things are never as scary as they may seem. And mm -hmm. sometimes our brains trick us into being so afraid of failure and so afraid of judgment and ridicule that we stay complacent and we just stay put. And that's really what hinders growth. And I think that one thing that I've really been trying to push myself towards is being relentless and being fearless in the aspect of, okay, if I try something, at least I tried it. And if I fail, it's okay. I'll learn something from that failure. And I think that that's the most important thing is that you can't be afraid to fail because from failure or, um, or any other sort of kind of hurdle that you have to jump over, you will see yourself grow so much more than you ever expected. And that's something that I always try to instill in every person that I meet, and especially the girls in my own organization. I always want to remind them that it's okay to kind of not know where you're headed sometimes. It's okay to have this setback, but because like the thing that you learn from those setbacks and the things that you learn from kind of moving forward will teach you so much more not only about yourself, but also about your mindset, kind of who you are as a human being. Um, so that's just really what I find most important. Mm. I love that. Because it's almost like then uh, you're not making it about you, right? Like you, you just said, you know, about how you encourage your, your own sisters, you know, to, it, it's almost like you're giving them permission, you know, uh, to, to be okay, not being okay. Yeah. You know, it was almost then in the same sense, Kelly gave you permission to be a leader because you saw that, mm -hmm. right? And she was just doing what she did best. Uh, so I think that's, that's interesting that we often are seeking permission from other people versus even ourselves. I don't, what, what do you think about that? I think that we're human and mm -hmm. humans need that validation and kind of that 
extra push sometimes. And I'm definitely one of those people when I'm making any sort of decision or thinking about something, I always go to my roommates or my close sisters and just kind of ask them for advice. And, and that's the thing is that we are human and it's okay to ask for advice and it's okay to not have everything figured out all the time. Um, and like I said, I remind my sisters about that, but every Monday morning I wake up at 7.30 a.m. And I send out a Monday love email. Sometimes it doesn't make it out at 7.30 a.m., but that's usually my goal. And I set an alarm <laughs> so that I remember to do it. But um, in those Monday love emails, I just give kind of a push of motivation and just a sense of encouragement for the week ahead. And every week I kind of focus in on something different, um, whether it be it's okay to not be okay. Um, or we're going to get through this because that's the common theme of what's happening right now is we're going to get through this and this time of quarantine, especially with coronavirus and all those things like that, um, it's really put a kind of spotlight on our sisterhood and in times of crisis and in times of need, it is so important to lean on your sisters uh, for in my instance, for example, um, and lean on people in your own organization because we're all going through something similar. We may not have the exact same circumstances, but it's okay to always remind those people that, hey, I'm always here for you. So that's really what I've tried to do through those Monday love emails is just like remind people that they can do anything they put their mind to, even if there's a struggle coming their way. Mm. That's so good. Yeah. That's, that's super valuable. You know, like uh, you sending out that email, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's people out in the world who aren't getting even messages from their loved ones, right? Uh, but you you chose that that opportunity and, and you went for it and you set the alarm, even even though like it's way easier to, you know, just, oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, right? But like you really, again, I, I think that's a, a testament to like leaders often, you know, put others first, you know, uh, and, and want to make their lives a little bit easier and I think that's also something too that that ends up being neglected maybe sometimes is that leaders often give so much without filling up their own cup first, um, which I, I would totally want to dive into that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you're, when you're talking about, you know, uh, getting connected and, and staying connected with your sisters during this time, you know, how else are, are maybe you um, encouraging them just to get connected you know, or, or what are you doing to, uh, you know, facilitate even, even your own chapter meetings and, and stuff like that? Because a lot of organizations haven't just jumped right in. I, I know technology is, is a beautiful gift, but not a lot of people are, are still even, you know, we, we might say that our generation is, is pretty prevalent with it, but that's not really the case. Uh, so what have you been kind of using and encouraging your sisters to stay engaged? And, you know, how has your chapter been engaged? Yeah, so... Um when I figured out that Capital was moving towards the online classes, remote learning route um, due to coronavirus, it was kind of a, a scary time just because I had people reaching out to me, asking me what was going to be happening, what was going on. And at that point in time, when I first figured out that we were moving to remote learning, I didn't really know if any of our organization events would be canceled. I had a good hunch, but I didn't really know for sure. Um, so when I figured out that all events were canceled, 
um, myself and the rest of my executive board and our officers kind of went through and canceled every event, formals, philanthropy events, parents day, different things like that. Um, so it was just kind of, it put a, a damper on the rest of our whole semester. Um, but one thing that I wanted to make sure is that we didn't let that kind of impact our year and we didn't let that impact our sisterhood. So the first week that we had online classes, we have a chapter every Sunday at 7 p.m. Um, I scheduled an online Zoom meeting because I have used Zoom for years. I uh, actually just finished up working as a campus manager for University Tees, which is a custom apparel company. Um, and I've used Zoom with them to, ho uh, to hold kind of team meetings and different things like that. So I was very comfortable with the platform. And before Capital really released Zoom, we were having an online Zoom sisterhood uh, chapter meeting. And it was really cool to see everybody get so excited about it. And like before we hosted chapter, I had my little video on and my roommates were dancing in the background, just kind of getting everybody excited. Yeah. And um, one thing that I've really learned is that, uh, or just like a saying that I kind of live by right now is uh, we're making it work with what we've got. And that's really all we can do. We can make it work with what we've got and we're gonna do the best that we can. So hosting a weekly chapter meeting is just my favorite time of the week because I get to see my sisters and I get to kind of interact with them and see how they're doing. And that's like the most important thing for me because I'm able to kind of check in with people, see how people are doing. We still have things that we need to get done before next semester. We still have um, big end of the year reports. We have to approve the budget, different things like that. Planning for our philanthropy and expert events for next semester. So it's just always important to kind of host those meetings and just keep people connected. And another thing that I do is encourage um, people every Monday during my Monday love email, just encourage people to reach out to someone, reach out to a sister, reach out to a family member, just stay connected because staying connected is what's going to keep our sisterhood thriving and keep it alive, which is something that is very important to me. And I know it's very important to other people as well. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm super curious. Do you, do you think this is uh, sustainable, staying connected like this virtually? I think that, especially with the technology that we have, it is a lot easier to stay connected. And it's a lot easier to kind of stay up on those relationships and keep, keep the conversation going. And I think that that's the most important thing is making sure that we all keep the conversation going um, because like I said previously, like you have no idea what's going on in somebody else's life. They might be going through something similar, but if we keep that conversation going um, and if we kind of sh keep showing that constant support, we can help somebody else. And I think that that's one thing that chapter meetings can do. And even though we might not have too much to talk about um, at a chapter meeting over Zoom, we can still see our sisters. And even if it's a 30 minute meeting, as opposed to a traditional, maybe hour chapter meeting, it's still okay because we can still see our sisters and interact with people and just kind of stay connected. Mm. The technology is, technology has been really, really important. And I'm so grateful that Zoom is a thing right. um, because it's just, it's been great. Yeah, if, if anything, you know, of course, I would never want to wish this to ever happen again or, or even in the past, right? But like, we're super blessed and grateful. Like even, even, you know, when I was an undergrad, like Zoom or even Skype, like wasn't at the level that it was, uh, you know, and, and especially with like Facebook Messenger. I mean, that, 
that wasn't nearly as uh, decked out with all of its functions, you know? So like, mm -hmm. if anything, this, this couldn't have happened at a better time because of, you know, the, the escalation of, of technology. So, I mean, wh what do you think, you know, right now, if you could maybe take a diagnosis of your chapter and, and even just anybody else that you've stayed connected with in the sense of other organizations or um, other leaders, uh, how do you expect to maintain maybe this new level of connection? Because again, it's almost like forcing us to, to get connected at a higher level. So how, how do you anticipate being able to uh, maintain this connection moving forward? Yeah, so um, one thing just to touch on other Greek organization presidents, um, we all have this nice group chat where we kind of share ideas and just chat about things. And I think that that's really important because it just facilitates conversation among the fraternity and sorority life community. Um, and even when we did our first Zoom chapter meeting, I texted everybody and said, hey everyone, we just did a Zoom chapter meeting and it went great. I highly suggest that you do this because it just facilitates sisterhood and different things like that. Um, and in terms of staying connected in the future, I think that Zoom could be a great resource, especially to host like a sisterhood event once a month during the summer, just to have people get together, create those conversations and different things like that. Um, and Zoom calls are great for planning too, especially planning for next semester and planning for recruitment, which I am hoping is still a thing because it's going to be happening in September. Um, but just kind of making sure that everybody's staying connected and utilizing the resources that we have because if we don't utilize those resources then they're just going to go wasted um but definitely hosting sisterhood events through zoom over the summer i think will be something that should continue in the future and and i'm going to make that happen this summer just because it's important to stay connected with sisters um during our three-month break and it's it's just really important to maintain those relationships especially building up to recruitment season because you know we want to showcase our sisterhood and we want to showcase the relationships that we have um so it's really important to kind of keep that going during this time yeah that's that's awesome to hear i mean honestly you, you just kind of like sparked a whole another concept you know is that traditionally greek life shuts off in the summer mm -hmm. you know honestly like uh i that was probably some of the quote unquote worst times for me, you know, is, uh, during the summer. Cause I, I just didn't get to see my brothers all the time yeah. you know, and, uh, just hang out and just have conversation, you know? So I, I think that this could create a whole new dynamic, uh, in Greek life, you know, of actually staying connected during the summer and, you know, uh, even probably facilitating that much more growth. Right. Like I feel like, uh, again, you know, a couple of years ago, like, transitioning back into the fall it was almost like uh you know your your tires were spinning you know because you were trying to gain traction from three months of you know either miscommunication or no communication at all mm -hmm. and then go right into the fall where again recruitment and everything else you know welcoming weekends and all that stuff is taking place uh it was kind of like a slow start so i, I think you're definitely onto something for sure right there with you know, utilizing Zoom and, and technological features uh, across the, the board to, to stay connected with your organization and your sisters. I love that so much. So how are, how are you, how are you doing and how are you personally navigating all of this right now? I mean, kind of, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about uh, your organization, of course, and just Greek life in general, but I mean, how, how are you feeling during all of this, you know, and, 
and what's been working, what's been not working for you, honestly. Yeah. So, um, at the beginning of the podcast, you kind of mentioned everything I'm involved in. So during this time of quarantine, it's been, it's been a little weird because I'm usually on the go all the time, super busy. So it's actually been kind of nice to just kind of sit back and kind of take a step back and reflect and kind of relax her a little bit. Um, and that's pretty much what I did the first two weeks of quarantine was just kind of sit back, relax, and just kind of hone in on how my semester was going mm -hmm. and kind of what changes I wanted to make like for the future. So it forced me to realize that I really was doing so much um, and I loved everything that I was doing. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes I needed to take a step back and learn to say no. Um, and I think that learning to say no is so hard, especially, um, especially kind of in today's society. And I'm the type of person that wants to get involved, wants to do everything and wants to be that person for everybody else. But sometimes I forget to say no because I don't want to let anyone down. But this quarantine and this kind of break has really led me to realize that I need to take care of myself um, in order to help other people. And that's something that I'm really kind of honing in on and making sure that I focus on and really stay focused on for the future. Because if I don't take care of myself and I can't take care of my sisters and I can't take care of my other organizations, um, the professional business fraternity, I can't, like, I can't do it all. Um, so I think that just making sure that I take care of myself is really, really important. Mm -hmm. yeah, and definitely. I think that especially like during this time of quarantine, setting a routine has been <laughs> vital in my kind of sense of normalcy because when I'm so busy all the time, like not having anything to do came at kind of like a shock. And I wanted to make sure that like I had things to do that kept me busy. So making sure that I really set a schedule, um, wrote a lot of to-do lists on different things I had to do for school and then different things that I had to do for the sorority and just kind of making sure that I was getting all those things checked off um, mm -hmm. just to keep a sense of normalcy as much as possible because we're truly living in what is going to be a new normal for, for a long time and just making sure that I get my routine and I understand what works for me and what doesn't is really important, but it's, it's trial and error. Um, definitely making lists has been really helpful with me. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's it's staying organized. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. So um, when you're, when you're talking about, you know, trial, trial and error, that sort of thing, what have, uh, what have you noticed like specifically for you uh, in the sense of the things that still maybe aren't working? So I think that a lot of the times getting harder does this or getting started is the hardest part. Mm. Um, so making sure that I just like really set time to kind of get started on a final project or different things like that, because ultimately sometimes I just don't want to start it, but that's really the hardest part. And even like, I have a ton of end of the year reports. I have one end of the year report that I have to do, but my other executive board officers have some too for the sorority. And I found that truly getting started is the hardest part. And once you get started and kind of just like tackle things in small bits, it just makes it so much easier. Um, but it's still something that I struggle with every day. 
And I think that the, the thing that I always have to remember and the thing that I want everybody else to remember too, is that like right now, everybody's going through the same thing. Like we're all doing remote learning. We're all doing online classes, but making sure that I stay on top of my work and inspire other people to do the same is really important. Like I know our scholarship chair has been working hard to put out monthly goal charts of different things that sisters can kind of write down and visualize their goals for the month. Like I'm going to finish my final project two weeks in advance so that I can edit it slowly, different things like that. Um, so just kind of making sure that I kind of express how I'm feeling so that other people know that they can feel the same way and, and kind of tackling things in small bits has been kind of what really works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's another Testament right there. You know, you're, you're kind of like, okay, cool. I really don't want to be doing this right now. <laughs> and though, like I could actually leverage this resistance, this hesitation, this procrastination, whatever it is, and really, get on top of these things so that that way I can show my sisters and everyone else around me like hey I'm still doing it yeah you know, why why do you think we we actually procrastinate why do you think we actually do that I think that at least for me I procrastinate because I guess I just get a little bit anxious about like assignments and if I see like 10 different things on my to-do list instead of tackling the biggest thing and doing a little bit of that I find that I just do like the little things that are kind of just like small tasks um and I feel like procrastination is just really it's built upon fear and I think it's in my sense it's fear of getting started and it's fear of really kind of tackling a huge task at hand even though something that seems super big and seems like a super big final project for me for example I tackled something yesterday and it wasn't as hard as I expected it to be. Mm -hmm. But I think that really that procrastination aspect is just like, oh, well, let me, I'll put it off. Like I can do it later, but really it saves so much time and energy in the long run if you just work on it at the start. And I know it's hard to say, and like I, I will continue to procrastinate, but I'm going to try to procrastinate less just because I realize that for myself and my, I guess, mental state, it, helps me so much if I just work on things in advance. Sure. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think it's also kind of going back to like what you were talking about earlier of just giving yourself permission to procrastinate. Yes. Like, like it's almost like we beat ourselves up for procrastinating, which then puts us back into even more procrastination. Yeah. Because uh, when you, when you like, except the fact like, oh yeah, I'll just put that off till tomorrow or like, I'll just put it off and it'll be fine. Like, I'll just get it done. That's you accepting the fact that you're procrastinating and that's you accepting the fact that you're putting it off and you're saying that it's okay to put it off when in reality, you know, it's not. So mm -hmm. it's just doing that thing and, and making sure that you say, okay, well, what am I going to do to change that? Like, mm -hmm. I didn't like the feeling when I was procrastinating up until 3am working on a final paper. So what am I going to do to change that for the future? And I think that that's something that's really important is like identifying what happened that made you feel a certain way and made you feel uh, kind of stressed uh, or nervous about something and doing something that changes it for the future. Because ultimately, even though we make these mistakes and we can kind of uh, get into these points where we have these hurdles, 
there's always a point for growth and like, what are we gonna do to make sure that this doesn't happen again? So what is going to be that point of growth where we kind of get over that hurdle and stop procrastinating? Even though it's so hard to do, I truly understand that it is, but it's just, it's always a work in progress. And I mean, every person is a work in progress. Like everyone is always working to be a better version of themselves. So that's just something that I have kind of learned throughout this process of quarantine and this time that we're in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, Cause I, I, I'm guilty as well. Right. Uh, recognizing <laughs> that. Guilty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, I, I think uh, that's the thing is, you know, like, like everybody is guilty. It's kind of like, we're all in this together sort of thing. And it's kind of taking away that fault or that blame and mm -hmm. just recognizing it, it. It is a thing. And though we don't have to put so much energy and attention to it, it's just like, go, go do the damn thing. Like <laughs> yeah. go out and just do it still uh, yeah. regardless if, if you, if it might not be perfect or, or whatever the case is. Uh, I love that. I love that. When, when you're talking to it still about now, uh, going out and doing things right now during quarantine, what's kind of maybe like some of your personal goals, uh, right now, you know, again, uh, not having as, as strict of a schedule that you maybe had before, or, um, maybe you are creating that strict schedule, you know, again, like, like that 7:30 AM, uh, email, you know, like what are, what are some of your personal goals or achievements that you want to create for yourself right now? So right now, personally, I think that I am just working to be more on top of my schoolwork, um, which is something that I, like I take pride in my education and I take pride in my, my kind of scholarship um, kind of goals. But sometimes when I have so many different things going on, different events throughout the week, uh, philanthropy event, a professional event for the business fraternity, just like anything that's going on, especially during the spring semester, there's so much fun stuff going on. There's always a big um, philanthropy event that Phi State does on campus called Mud Tug. It was actually supposed to be this past weekend, um, which is kind of sad, but just like with all of those events that are happening, it's sometimes hard for me to kind of hone in on my schoolwork and really stay dedicated and really stay motivated. Um, and when I have so much stuff going on during the day, I don't really get any schoolwork done during that time. So um, in the past, I would really kind of stay up late and get things done. And I, I truly, I'm a night owl. I don't really love mornings. So that 7.30 a.m. email is really hard sometimes. Um, but taking time this quarantine to get more sleep has been really, really important for me. Um, do things for myself that I really like to do. And it may seem really small, but making myself a cup of coffee in the morning, because sometimes I just get out of bed and I just run to class because I um, don't really kind of have that time to do things for myself during the school year. Um, so during quarantine, getting enough sleep, doing the little things for myself, and I guess staying connected with people and reaching out to people who... I don't normally talk to or communicate with and just making sure that they know how much I appreciate them. Um, and I think that that's something that I'm really going to take with me in the future is making sure that I stay connected with the, with the people that I love. Um, and especially my sisters. I recently taught my grandma how to use zoom, which was super cool. Nice. Um, so that's I was so at cool. a zoom call with her the other night, but 
like I said, just getting enough sleep, doing the little things for myself that I truly enjoy, and then um, taking time to call loved ones and just kind of have a conversation is really, really important to me. Yeah. How, how important is family to you? Family, family is really important to me. Um, actually, this past year, my parents uh, got a divorce. Um, so they were married for 29 years. And it was kind of like a, a huge shift in my life. Because for the past 20 years, I had grown up in a family where my parents were together. Um, and it was really kind of an eye-opening experience and just kind of a learning experience from the whole situation. Um, I really learned how much family meant to me because of their separation. And I'm so close with my, I've always been close with my grandma, but I'm really, really close with my grandma. And I've gotten a lot closer with my mom too. And she has just been just my rock. And I think that making sure that I tell her how much I love her and how much I appreciate her has also been really important. And then staying connected with my siblings and then also my cousins on my mom's side is just super, super important. So family has really grown to be a more important kind of sense of uh, kind of stability in my life. Mm. And even during and throughout the whole divorce process, it truly taught me a lot more about myself and just kind of like what I could handle just because like I mentioned, that time is such like a shift and like I had never experienced anything like that before. And when there's this truly shift in dynamic and shift in family dynamic, it can kind of set off other things in your life. And I found that it set off, I guess, me getting ahead of my schoolwork or it set off kind of relationships that I had with other people. Um, so making sure that I really stayed true to myself and kind of accepted that those feelings are okay is something that it really forced me to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just like, it's such a, an interesting experience, but with everything, I, I truly take a learning experience toward it and kind of move myself forward and really realize who in my life is there for me and kind of makes me refocus and, and really stay connected to those loved ones. Like I said, my mom, my grandma, and my siblings, it's just really important. Right on. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate you sharing that and everything. I can totally empathize and, and relate, you know, uh, I, I, I've shared this in a couple episodes before, but you know, I, I also grew up in a divorce household, you know, with a single parent, my mom, uh, and then later my little sister, you know, and, and it is definitely, uh, a, a challenge, you know, it, it kind of forces you to, uh, learn more about yourself and, you know, often, we rely on so many other people to kind of give us feedback or, or, you know, be a part of our lives forever. We kind of take it, take it for granted almost in a sense. Uh, and when those parallels or those dynamics shift, uh, it really forces us to look internally, you know, because we, we may have relied on one person or another, uh, especially now too, you know, there's, there's a uh, unfortunate uh, increases of death, you know, with, with the coronavirus and, you know, there are other people just, losing loved ones, right? Like it, it's a, a loss is a, a loss uh, at, at the base of it, you know, whether that's through a divorce or, you know, through a um, mortality, but it's still loss at, at the basis of it. So, you know, I totally understand, you know, being able to navigate that and everything is, is pretty interesting. And, you know, when you're talking about uh, learning, 
I think that's really super valuable and super important. I want to acknowledge you for that because you didn't see it as a loss. You saw it as a learning opportunity, you know, yeah. and uh, I don't, I don't know if, if you've heard this before, maybe if our, our audience has heard this before, but you know, Nelson Mandela is famously quoted for, you know, I don't lose either. I win or I learn. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's so beautiful and, and powerful that you've picked up on that already. Uh, and, you know, really started practicing that. So, I mean, how, how have you been able to just leverage that experience uh, to your benefit now? Yeah. So one thing that I want to touch on is that, you know, for a while I was kind of shutting out the feelings that I had and um, shutting out the feelings that I had, not only just to the the situation that was happening in my family, but also just the situation um and just like feelings that I had in general. So I think that it was really hard for me to kind of express how I was feeling during that time because I truly didn't know how to express that. Um, And it led me to like a time in my life where I would just kind of procrastinate my feelings in a sense Mm -hmm. and procrastinating my feelings just led me to kind of like this breaking point and when I got to that breaking point I truly realized like that I needed to care about myself and my mental health and like I needed to care about um kind of how I was feeling and then do something to change it so like what I was telling all these other people I needed to actually do for myself and kind of what I was what I was inspiring my friends to do, I realized that I needed to kind of take control of my own life. And it was really important for me because I realized that I am a leader who suffers from anxiety, which is okay. And I'm so grateful that I got to that point of, like I was at such a low point where I realized I needed to do something. And like, I needed to do something to change that because I didn't like the way that I was feeling. And it's so hard sometimes to kind of face that fear because nobody ever really wants to face that fear. And I think that that was something that I had been facing for a long time, but I didn't really know what it was and kind of realizing that it's okay. And that like everybody has their own struggle of what they're going through, but doing something that changes how you're feeling about your own struggles was really important for me. So Um, whether it be telling my friends how I'm feeling or telling my roommates that I've had a bad day and I just really need to talk it out. I'm a person that really loves to talk and I love to kind of connect with others on that level. So just making sure that other people know kind of what I'm going through and, and really how it's okay to kind of go through something like that. Um, and I think that reaching that point where I truly realized that I needed to ask for help was really important because I'm not a person that likes to ask for help. I like to do things on my own. I like to kind of be independent and make sure that I can show everybody that I can do it. But really getting to that point of, hey, like I have these feelings and it's okay was truly like a life-changing opportunity for me because it led me to be like, okay, I have these feelings, but what am I going to do to change it? What am I going to do to make it better? And what can I do to make myself more of an understanding leader and more of an accepting leader? And I think wow. that that has really transitioned into my presidency as well. Yeah. I'm, I mean, that's super powerful. And congratulations on, on doing that because, you know, I, I think you're, 
you're totally spot on with this idea that a lot of leaders uh, think that they have to wear this armor and the shield and, and, and the sword, you know, at all times. And like, it's almost like they're prepared for battle uh, for any moment, you know, and uh, they often forget that there's like a whole team of people behind them, uh, but they don't know to be able to support you without asking, you know, yeah. and, and sharing kind of where you're at. Uh, so that that's huge that you recognized it because again it was a lot. really hard it was oh, really yeah. hard to do that but then I guess when you reach that point it's only like a climb up mm-hmm. and like it's it's just like a climb and and it's a slow climb but like you realize so much about yourself and you learn so much about yourself and one thing that I just remembered was that um Every semester we have core value programs. So Alpha Sigma Alpha has eight core values and each semester we do two uh, programs. So we basically have two speakers that come in and talk to us about a topic that relates to one of our core values. And this semester, um, one thing that was really great for me as well as for other sisters, um, we had a representative who was an alumna of our chapter, who is an alumna of our chapter, come in and speak to us about the on our sleeves campaign with nationwide children's hospital and that's a project and a campaign and a movement that i've really grown close to just from my work in my marketing classes and and um being able to stay connected to the movement it's basically a uh, a movement to end the stigma around mental health and that was a speaker that we had come in and she talked about how it's okay to not be okay sometimes and sometimes um, anxiety or fear or anything that may happen in your life may kind of knock you down, but it's always important to kind of remember to lend a hand and lend a helping hand to other sisters and really care about each other and make sure that we know where resources are if anyone may need them. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's just something that kind of also opened up my eyes to it as well as our wellness chair, which is a new addition to Alpha Sigma Alpha. We now have a wellness chairman who plans events um, throughout the semester, one each month, and we've gone to cycle bar, we've done yoga, we have done just a lot of like self-care things That's and like, so cool. exercising and doing things for our mental health as well as our physical health because it's truly so important. And I'm, I truly attest that the wellness chair with Alpha Sigma Alpha really kind of forced me to, to kind of take charge of my own health, mentally, physically, emotionally, all of that good stuff. Um, but it was great to kind of hear more about that. Yeah. Because it's something that not a lot of organizations have really implemented. And I think that Alpha Sigma Alpha has kind of taken a huge step forward. And also within Columbus Nationwide Children's Hospital, building their behavioral health pavilion when they partnered with Big Lots was also a huge movement to kind of kind of end that stigma and really show mm-hmm. people that, that it's okay. Mm-hmm. That's just something totally. like I've really... I've really noticed, especially in the Columbus community, it's been a, it's been a great movement. Right. Yeah. I, I absolutely love that. And, and coming from a wellness coach, uh, I absolutely 100% appreciate that. Uh, I would love to see every organization out there with some sort of wellness position, uh, just really driving home the, the message and uh, the significant value of actually having your priorities set for your wellness, you know, even going back to what you were saying earlier, uh, when you start, you know, doing the things for you, you're filling up your cup so that that way you can go ahead and pour out to others. Uh, I absolutely love that. And that's, 
that's fantastic uh, that, you know, you guys are, are breaking that, that stigma. You know, there, there definitely is this uh, stigma that uh, a lot of people still carry, not only in Greek life, but just, you know, in our society and culture uh, that, you know, we have to have kind of this tough persona and, you know, everything's fine. Uh, it, it's kind of like uh, the I'm, I'm fine syndrome. You know, it's like everybody's walking around. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. But really, yep. it's not fine. And exactly. I'm I'm guilty of that. I'm definitely guilty of saying everything's fine. I'm fine. I'll I'll handle it. But yep. sometimes just being open to having that conversation and being willing to just like talk out what you're going through and really talk about your day with someone can just make a world of difference. Yeah, and I I think uh, exactly what you had said earlier. You know about the trial and error. Right. It's like all practice and you know, it, it really won't ever get to the, the uh, epitome or the, the pinnacle position of, of everybody's actually super vulnerable and open unless we're actually practicing it, right? Like, yeah. I, I think uh, just from my personal observations with clients and students and uh, other organizations out there is that they, they think that it's going to be like perfect, the way, like, as soon as they start doing it, that people are automatically going to be open and vulnerable, you know, as soon as they talk about it, uh, or as soon as they have somebody come in and, and talk about it. But it, that's definitely not the case. You know, there, there definitely has to, yeah, it's exactly. And I think that also just kind of going back, like speaking on my personal experience, like that's my own experience and, and understanding that other people and other leaders may have a totally different experience is just something that is always important to think about as well. And and everybody is on their own journey. And I think that also it's really important to kind of recognize that. And and like I mentioned, even talking to a friend or someone about your day, also recognizing the resources that campuses have and especially like health and wellness centers um, and different things like that. They have resources available to students and have resources available um, for leaders on campus as well, which is really, really vital and, and important important especially especially during this time that we're in right now this time of uncertainty can bring about lots of feelings for people that they may have never experienced and I think that it's always important to kind of utilize the resources that may be out there and that are out there and just kind of take advantage of those things mm -hmm. totally uh, I, I kind of like to refer to that as uh, emotional awareness and then after emotional awareness you know like because what you're saying is that there's people who didn't even know maybe that some of those emotions were there for them or present uh, once they get, you know, and hit that awareness, it, it now steps into a whole new level of responsibility, which is just emotional intelligence. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with that. And then at, there's almost like that, that next step after, after that intelligence is that emotional fitness where it's like, you're really practicing with others and bringing them up in their new levels of emotions. Um, so, you know, it's really kind of like a three-step process, but again, it's almost like you, you, you hit that, that next tier, right. Or you step outside your comfort zone and then miraculously enough, there's another comfort zone that you have to step out of. Yes. Uh, so that's, that's fantastic that you are putting all of this work, uh, in for yourself and, and also your organization. I mean, again, I, it's like music to my ears, uh, knowing that you guys have a, a wellness chair. Uh, in your organization. That's fantastic. Yeah. And our so, wellness chair has done a great job too, just because she is the first ever in this position. So we mm. she can really do what she wants with it. And she's done a great job of just like utilizing her resources and her connections to, and um, 
really hearing the voice of the chapter before she plans events to see if people would want to do something, which is really cool. Yeah, that'll, that'll be great. And you know, I, I kind of want to tie into that here in a little bit, but I, I think you would be a, a tremendous resource for, uh, you know, tons of people to be able to reach out and get inspired and, you know, maybe uh, brainstorm some ideas together. Maybe you can kind of point them into various directions as to what you've seen work and not work for them as well. But uh, so and in closing, you know, what, what would be three things uh, that you would encourage people to, to really take a look at and, and start pursuing right now, whether that's personally for themselves uh, or for their organizations or a little bit of both and. Okay, so one thing that I would encourage leaders and members of those organizations to do during this time, number one would be every single day, do something new for yourself. Mm. Try something new. Um, do something for yourself that you enjoy. And like I said, it's all about the trial and error. So see what works for you and what doesn't, because what works for me may not work for you. I have taken up painting during this time as nice. kind of stress reliever, but sometimes that may not work for other people. And then number two would be utilize Zoom and stay connected with members because mm. when you build those connections and when you stay connected with members, you will only see your organization grow and you will only see your organization prosper when this is all over. Um, which I hope is soon, um, but we'll Great. see. And then number three is never stop striving for more. And that doesn't mean that you have to do everything and anything and everything and say yes to every opportunity. That's definitely not what I'm saying here, but never stop striving for more in terms of taking care of yourself and doing things that make you happy. So this kind of connects to the first one, but always just striving for greatness and pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. Because when you push yourself out of your comfort zone, you will see yourself grow so much. And I can personally attest to that. Although it's scary and although it may seem like, like you are so scared that there's failure and that there might be an obstacle, you still have to push yourself because when you push yourself out of your comfort zone, you will see yourself grow like no other experience you've ever had so that's just those are my three things that i really 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 encourage people to do during this time and yeah. and kind of make it work with what you got stay healthy do everything that that legislation and uh the health organizations are suggesting so that we can stay safe and stay healthy and kind of get through this because we're all going to get through this together mm -hmm. totally i really appreciate that uh, and those those three m reminders are, are super valid and uh, super valuable and spot on. I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I really love that, you know. And one thing that I, I want to acknowledge you for is, is having this incredible uh, awareness and perspective for yourself. You know, you, you've, you've definitely demonstrated uh, that leadership isn't easy, uh, but it's only going to be as hard as you make it. You know, uh, it can be super valuable and super fun, you know, uh, and it doesn't have to be uh, alone. It, it doesn't have to be a lonely process. You know, traditionally, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, it's lonely at the top, right? But mm -hmm. the leaders among leaders are the ones who actually bring everybody up to the top with them. Uh, and so I, I want to acknowledge you for doing that. I can totally see that uh, not only uh, in this time spent, but, you know, in the future as well. You're just going to continue to bring people up with you. 
so that it's not lonely at the top and you again break that whole stigma as well. Uh, so super, super proud of you. And uh, in closing, like I said, uh, I always ask everybody one final question. And so if you were to write the last sentence in the last chapter of your book, what would it be? Wow, this is an interesting question. But if I were to write the last sentence of the last chapter of my book, I would say to do things for yourself so that you can do things for other people and in turn create a better world. Mm. So that's, that's I, get, I, get some, I get some chills right there. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I can't, I can't wait to read your book. <laughs> um, I'll get started during quarantine. Yeah. Hey, uh, that's what I'm doing right now. Not even, not even kidding. That's so uh, cool. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to read your book now. There we go. There we go. Um, you know, so you, you've shared so much value and wisdom and, and I think that's also another thing that I want to acknowledge you for and, and remind everybody who's listening to this is that there is not a single person that we can't learn from. Right. You know, it's kind of, again, a stigma out there often uh, that, you know, you, you can't learn from somebody who's younger or whatnot, uh, or that um, you don't have it all together if you're younger. Right. Uh, and and then it's also the, the opposite as well. But, you know, I want to acknowledge you for for having such great wisdom and, and foresight and uh, an immense level of responsibility as well. You know, you've you've taken. Uh, the punches that have been thrown at you and, and, and you haven't just let them, uh, you know, push you back. You've been able to just respond. You haven't gotten uh, resentful or, or maybe you have, but you've shifted, right? Like you haven't stayed in that, in that energy. You've, you've just continued to grow and uh, it's amazing and, and beautiful and wonderful to see. So thank you so much for everything that you've been sharing and, and congratulations on all, all of your success and I can't wait to, to see and hear about all of your future successes. Uh, but for anybody who wants to stay connected with you, you know, and maybe ask some questions and, you know, gain a little bit of insight or even just relate and share and just say, hey, you know, thank you so much for this. I can to totally relate. Uh, where would they be able to contact you? They would be able to contact me um, through email. My email is aliruss at yahoo.com. And then if they wanted to connect with me on social media, my Instagram is Allie Russ. I would love to kind of connect and hear about other people's experiences. And like you said, learning from other people is so important and having the conversations that we need to do so, or that we need to have in order to learn is something that I'm always open to. So I'm, I hope to hear from people and kind of share my story and, and inspire others as well. Fantastic. Well, again, Allie, thank you so much for all of your time. Uh, you greatly, greatly appreciate it, of course. And uh, I can't wait to, again, hear more about all of your successes in the future. And stay safe out there, okay? Okay, you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, I would love to hear your feedback about the podcast. Leave a comment and review down below. While you're at it, share what leadership is to you. I am always open to suggestions of what you would like to hear on the next episode of the podcast 
Or if you'd like to have me speak with your organization or facilitate a workshop, go ahead and reach out to me via Instagram at TheDangerF or on Facebook at Vinny Dangerfield. I can't wait to share more content with you all next week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can get notifications of when the next episode is released. Thanks so much, and I'll see you at the next chapter.